you are here on purpose with a purpose by design and not by default and it is your time right now to share your story on right now now before i introduce this most amazing guest that we are privileged to have on the show today i'm going to give you one of his quotes there's so many but you know what one of my favorites is this that there is greatness in you and that you are a masterpiece because you friend are a piece of the master i believe that you deep down inside know that about yourself and you are going to be empowered and inspired today to take action on that greatness because that masterpiece, that greatness in you, the world needs to see it and experience it and hear it. And so today's guest is going to empower you to shout it out and do just that. And you're gonna hear a little bit about his life story as well. So with no further ado, I am gonna to introduce to you the legendary Mr. Les Brown. You can do more. Before the world ever knew or started using the word influencer, this man was influencing the world. You have something special. You have greatness within you. The godfather of greatness himself, Mr. Les Brown. If you wanna do anything worthwhile in life, you've got to be hungry. I am, I am, <laughs> I'm fabulous. I have you here with me, sir. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's a plum pleasing pleasure as well as a privilege. <laughs> uh, yes. And back at you, sir. And to all of us that get to be with you today. Well, I don't think you need any further introduction, but is there anything else that you want to share before we jump into some questions that I have uh, for you today? No, I, I think that's that's very good. That's the only time I get nervous is during the introduction because I don't think I'm all that. I'm just cornbread. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, Mr. Cornbread, you are not just cornbread. You are the full meal deal supersized, okay? <laughs> all right. <laughs> that's who you are. Well, Mr. Brown, you have been someone that has uh, spoke to my heart for years and years, as I've shared with you, and you've inspired myself, my children, uh, my family. There's a lot of things that we have in familiarity to one another. One of them is adoption. Mm -hmm. And uh, my husband was adopted. We adopted all of our children. And I know that you openly talk about adoption and um, how proud you are of that being an adopted child and and how you were able to take care of your mom but recently you have had a what i call a full circle season where you have been reintroduced to biological family and i know how much of a treasure that is when there's when that reconnect is made and i was wondering could you share with us your journey and Tell us what's going on, because it's really exciting news, and it's going to encourage so many. It's a new narrative for my life, and I want to thank you so much for having this program and for the role that you've taken with your life, to use your life, to bring light where there's darkness, to, to speak and help people who have lost hope 
and mm-hmm. let them know that there is a way and that this has not come to stay. It has come to change, that we will get through this. It has come to pass, that we are stronger than anything that life throws at us. So congratulations to you for this great work. You're doing the greater work, and that's why we're here. This past weekend, here I am, February 17th, I turned 76. Now, I used to think people in their 40s were old, but now I'm 76, which means I served at the Lord's Supper. (laughs) And my oldest son said, Dad, I found your birth family. I said, you've got to be kidding. No. Make a long story short, we followed up with the leads he gave us. And for the first time this past weekend, I saw a picture of my birth mother and father. I'm 76. I met two brothers that I'd never known before. And it has been a disarming and tears of gratitude experience. My my birth mother, her name was Dorothy Bell Rucker. She was a motivational speaker. You can't make this stuff up. My grandmother, her name was Beulah Rucker. She was a motivational speaker and an educator. And they have the, the Beulah Museum in Gainesville, Georgia, where I'm going this weekend to meet the family, my birth family on my father's side. And it's just to to meet them and hear stories about my birth mother and father has been fascinating. And as you know, there's some things they say you get through nurture and through nature. Mm. And I now found how I got my voice from, why I do what I do. I have what I call the can helps it. <laughs> I can't help it. I just got to do it. <laughs> so, so I, you know, one of the things I want you to know, Pamela, did she ever see me speak? Yeah. And did she know me? And I'm so glad that whenever I opened my speech, I said, I... I was born in an abandoned building on a floor in a poor section of Miami, Florida. So they said she always was doing research on speakers, so she had to know about me. And I said, God took me out of my biological mother's womb and placed me in the heart of my adopted mother. So, and and I said, and, and Mrs. Mamie Brown, she had a third grade education and she's a domestic worker on Miami Beach. Now I know she had to remember the woman that she gave her twins to and said, take good care of my boys. Now, this is going to get you, Pamela. I'm reading this article about my grandmother, and she wanted to learn to read. They didn't have schools for black people in Gainesville. And so she taught herself to read by looking at the newspapers they used to stuff the walls to keep the cold air out during the winter. And the article about her said she was hungry to learn. 
And my book is entitled, You Gotta Be Hungry. <laughs> Come on. I mean, <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> and, and, and she went to this, she, she was able to go to San Diego State College and she had no money. And she stood before the head of the school and said, when he asked for money, she held her hands out and said, these hands can work. And he told her to get out of line and call the next person. She came back after the crowd got shorter and she came back again and said, these hands can work. Mm. And I believe that he saw something in her, some determination that she's not going to be denied. And he hired her to do work for him, milking cows, sharecropping, and doing work for the other professors at the college. And she graduated with honors and went on to start the Beulah Rucker Center for Education. Mm -hmm. And it's been fascinating to see the story and, and to hear the stories about her and to read about her. It's, 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 it's a new story. I have a new narrative. You know, Forrest Gump was right. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Brown. Now, Mr. Brown, you said that you had hoped she had seen you speak. Yes. Did she? I think so. They, Everyone who knows her said... She was always doing research and she was fascinated with speakers. I remember, and I just remembered this last night. No, night before last at 2.30, I woke up and something came to me. When I was 1992, I was touring with my book called You, you Have the Power to Live Your Dream. And when people were asking for my autograph, there was a couple that came and stood and watched me and did not approach me. And when the crowd, they, they died down, she, this lady came up and said, here, hold your hand out, please, sir. And I said, yes, ma'am. And she put a picture in my hand, a real small picture. And she said, look at this when you get a chance. It just walked away. And I opened my hand. I said, oh, my God. This is a picture of me and my twin brother when we were babies. And I asked her, I said, hey, ma'am, how, how did you get this? And she just turned around and she waved. Mm. And Pamela, I know that was her. Yeah. I know. Atlanta is only an hour away from Gainesville. And I know that was my mother who came to my book signing and gave me a picture of myself to let me know who she was. I oh. know that was her. Yeah, yes. that's the only encounter. How, how ironic, how supernatural, how God-given that you would awaken with that memory now. Yeah, they said the angels wake you up between 2.30 and 3.30. Now, I've given the angels permission. 
to wake me up around five o'clock, but they have not been listening to me. But, <laughs> but I wake up now and I think they say this is what old people do. I say, well, I'm not old. I'm a 35 year old man trapped in a 76 year old body. <laughs> well, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's been, it's been humbling. You know, Betty Davis said old age ain't for wimps. <laughs> She did say that. Yes. Well, you don't, you are timeless, Mr. Brown, at any age. So just remember that. And it doesn't sound to me like that was old age waking you up. I think that that was the angels waking you up. Uh, you know, it sounds like there was uh, somebody in heaven that wanted you to know yes. that your birth mother had seen you because now you were about to see her face because you've seen her face. You saw a picture of her, right? Yes, and it's been fascinating. And we've been putting, they put some pictures side by side and said it would be criminal for anybody to deny that she's my mother. So I, I have, I've been working on a song and I'm taking singing lessons. And the song goes like, I've got two mothers and I'm not ashamed. I've got two mothers and I love them just the same. Let me tell you about my birth mother. Now, I won't sing anymore because I have a voice really like Johnny Mathis, so you're probably faint. So I won't go there with you, but I'll I'll send you the finished version. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I think how, what a precious woman to have seen you, because I believe that was her, mm -hmm. and not intervene and interrupt your life, but to trust in God to bring things about in, in his liking. And that right now is that perfect time. It is that perfect time for you. How exciting, Mr. Brown. I, my, my heart is filled with joy for you. Just Thank filled you. with joy for you. I know how important those biological connections are and how they give a grounding to any human being, no matter what age you are, when you have that, it just brings pieces together, doesn't it? Like why you might be a public speaker or you look the way you do, or you laugh the way you laugh or, you know, any of those type of things, it brings answers. And I, I just think it's it's a settling in a person's um, inner being. So I'm super excited for you. But another question that I had surrounding all of this is, you are always telling us at the power of voice and you've said it so many times you know speakers speak and that when you use your voice you're gonna you're gonna help somebody you're gonna um, bring life to somebody you're gonna speak truth and you're gonna help people and that now with technology as it is right i mean here we are um doing a stream yard television show together i mean the technology is amazing and you have always used it at every level of your career, you've used what was available to you. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is a testament of how your power voice has echoed across decades and generations because your birth mother saw you. And then because of all that you're doing with your power voice, the academy, the teachings, everything that you're doing. Now this story has come full circle and you are sharing it 
and all the people's lives that are going to be touched because you won't hold it in. You'll share it and let God get the glory out of it. Like you, it's a living example of everything that you've been telling us. And so I just wanted to ask you if you would expound on that, yeah, on the power voice and technology and how all of that kind of wrapped up together has really, how has that affected um, what's happening in your life right now? Well, uh, thank you for that question because it's really a blessing. When I wake up in the morning, I say all things work together for good, for those who love God and for those who are called according to his purpose. Now I'm giving speeches from home. Now I'm earning more money from home than traveling from city to city, from country to country, because we've gone from brick and mortar, as you know, to click and order. <laughs> and, and, and so this is a time that that we have the ability with all the tools that we have to do more than we can ever begin to imagine to live a life of contribution Horace Mann said we should be ashamed to die until we've made some major contribution to humankind and 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 to make it in and out of this pandemic we need programs like yours the voice and example that you provide because people need mental resolve. They need hope when there's hope in the future that gives you power in the present. And they need tools. They've got to throw their net on the other side on how to navigate this new place where we are. And they need to be a part of a community of collaborative, achievement-driven, supportive relationships. You can't make it by yourself. And so now, more than ever, the things that you are thinking about, this is a time for you to create. We were created by the creator to create, to reinvent ourselves, to recreate ourselves, to rethink our lives and the tools, just like you're doing with this program, that you have decided, I'm going to create a program that's going to make a difference in people's lives. And, and, and it's doing that. And you're going to reach people that you will never see, never meet, but you will be able to transform their lives. Because I believe that all of us have an energy signature behind our voice. There's some people, when you speak, that only you will reach them. When I speak, only I will reach them. And then some people, they will hear both of us. But there's a reason by the Jewish commenter said, he who has ear, mm -hmm. let him hear. When I met my three brothers, it's interesting how people can come from the same place and end up dramatically different. I'm the only one, and my brothers said this, you're just like her. And I wanted to ask them, why aren't you? <laughs> What happened? What did I see that you did not see that caused me to be like you were raised in the house with her? I never saw her. I never heard her voice. And here I am living the same kind of life that she lived. My grandmother, my mother, our mother. How is that? I didn't ask him that. But I wonder, you know, how that kids coming from the same parents can be in the same house and end up dramatically different. One of the mysteries of life, because life is full of disruptions. It's 
It's full of transformations that we have to go through to accommodate the disruptions and the decisions that we make. Mm-hmm. We make decisions and our decisions make us. And so you decided, you know what? What I'm doing is not enough. I, I want to expand the purpose of why I'm here. Mm-hmm. I will create it on purpose with a purpose. And I want to live my life from that place. Yeah. And you set out to do that. And you got Nicole who who's helping you to do that and, and other people that have joined your team. And so we're engaged in doing the greater work. Mm-hmm. We're answering the call on what we are doing. A job is what you get paid for. A calling is what you are made for. So you are living your calling. Come on, somebody. Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> yes. Amen. <laughs> yes. That's right. That is so true. And, you know, as you're sharing all of this, I, I'm, I'm just so stirred inside because uh, Mr. Brown, you have always been such a motivator and a light to so many. And it's such a joy to hear you share your family story and, and hear your platform that you built. You've built it. You've created it. Of course, you were led. Of course, uh, God was guiding you all the way. But you were obedient to it. And now to the place where you are at in your life and you're able to share this story in this season of your life right now of coming full circle back with Dorothy Bell as well as Mamie Brown and share all of this and it's going to it's going out all over 10 years ago it wouldn't it still would have been amazing but you wouldn't have had all of this it's like it was the time right now for such a time as this right I, it's just yes. it's so it's so amazing and because you will continue to point back to you know where it came from, right? And yes. you will continue to give that glory where it's due. And it's a beautiful, it's it's so touching. And um, I know that you, this part of what you're talking to people about and you're sharing and being so transparent about your life, which you always do, but you're just being so transparent about this. You could keep it quiet and not want to tell anybody about it. And like, I want to get into it a little bit before I share it. Cause some people would take it that way. You're just an open book. And because of that, I mean, you know, the world is watching and I'm thinking about all of the adoptees out there that are watching and that are wondering, and you're giving hope to them. You're giving hope to them. And thank you for doing that. It's it's no small thing that you're sharing this part of your life with all of us. Thank you. I want to add something here. I was at Cancer Centers of America two weeks ago. And I believe, first of all, that my adopted mother is baking sweet potato pies in heaven for Jesus and for, for Dorothy Bell, my birth mother. Yes. And so I think they argue about what what you gonna do for him. He said, "Well, I tell you, Mamie, you you take the cancer." So two weeks ago, people at Cancer Centers of America said, "Whoa, this is different." And I said, "What is it, sir? Your PSA, which stands for prostate specific antigen, has been two thousand four hundred. 
and cancer metastasized to seven areas of the body. Now is 0, 0.0 minus one. You have been dealing with fourth stage cancer, but you will not die from cancer. So I think Mamie Brown did that. Now, here I am and I've found them. And that's Dorothy Bell. Now we got to let him know where he got his voice from. Mm -hmm. You molded him, you shaped him, but now he's going to find out that I can speak too. He came from speaking. Mm -hmm. And his daddy, he was a good speaker. He had a lot of game. He got me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he was a smooth talker. <laughs> Just said this thing called life. You can't make this up. And no. so I wake up. I people ask me, "How you doing?" I said, "It's the best day of my life." I said, "How could you say that? You you've been identified with fourth stage cancer, and you've been dealing with it for twenty nine years. I feel so sorry for you." I said, "Don't feel sorry for me. Feel sorry for the cancer." I beat cancer up so badly, the cancer rate in my neighborhood dropped by 97%. <laughs> I'm doing good. Jesus got my back. <laughs> what a testimony. What a testimony. And you have always said that you were not, uh, you weren't giving up. You were, that you were beating up cancer. All these things that you've said, this isn't something new. I've heard you say it over and over and over and over again. And that goes into changing the narrative in here, right? Like it, yeah. you have to choose. You have to call forth those things that be not as though they were. You have to be convicted in your spirit. I never forget when Dr. <laughs> Dr. Golson, I was very blessed to have him as, as my oncologist. He said, Mr. Brown, you have cancer. I said, I do? Yeah. And it's metastasized to seven areas of your body. Mm -hmm. I said, is there anything else? Yes. And it's in your spine too. I said, is there anything else? He said, yes. I said, what is it? He said, and you're ugly too. <laughs> I said, you didn't call me ugly, did you? He said, yes, you're ugly. Yes, yes. He said, but you got this. He said, I never tell my patients they're terminally ill. What I say is that my knowledge, my abilities, and my skills have terminated. I determine the diagnosis. God determines the prognosis. You and God got to work this thing out. Mm -hmm. And I left there. Most people in a fearful situation, they forget everything and run. But I left there not with a heart full of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. I left there with a heart full of faith and faith not tested can't be trusted. That's it. And I knew we got this. My affirmation that I, I have on my mirror, Lord, whatever I face today, together, you and I can handle it. Oh, and you feel a brother up in here. I do. I do. Up, up in, in here. here. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry, I feel like I have a little bit of an echo happening. There, it's gone. Um, you have greatness in you. And you say that all the time. Yes. I have a question for you, Mr. Brown. You have empowered so many people to recognize that there's greatness in them. What did Mr. Les Brown realize that there was greatness in him? I'm still discovering that. I have, I feel when I look at my life, you know, the, the play Lion King? Yeah. And, 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 and Mustafa said, Simba, you're more than that which you have become. Mm -hmm. And I believe, like you, I'm more than that which I've become. I believe when the Jewish carpenter said, when he was complimented for the miracles he performed, these things ye shall do, and greater things shall ye do. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And I believe that we were chosen out of 400 million sperm. That there's something we came here with that's in us. Mm. And that what governs my life, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And when they demanded of him, when shall the kingdom of God come? And he said, the kingdom of God cometh not by observation. They shall say, it's neither low there, low here. Behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And here's what I strongly believe. The kingdom is voice activated. Oh, yeah. That when people see your show, when they hear your voice, when they hear me speak, mm -hmm. and other people speaking, people that are watching, we activate gifts, dreams, mm -hmm. abilities, talents that they have in them, lying dormant that come forth like Lazarus. Yes. Nothing happens until it's spoken. In the beginning was the word. Our, our parents, as you said, they give us our looks, our, our, our bodies, but God give us our voice. Yeah. And that's our superpower. And and mm -hmm. so I I have the can't helps it. <laughs> I, I got to use this voice because this is what he gave me. And I'm ugly, so I don't have any choices. I got to do this. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's it's I, I know the journey that got me here is longer than the journey that I have left. And my goal is to live full and to die empty. Yes. To to not leave anything on the table. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not a, a, a religious person. Religious people are afraid of going to hell. Mm -hmm. Spiritual people have been there. And and hell to me is what you experience when you die and you meet the person that you were supposed to become. Wow. Yes. Yes. Mm. 
You meet the person that you're supposed to become. You see the work that you were supposed to do. Saying, we came to you. And only you could have given us life. And now, look at us. Mm. And so, I think that there's something on all of us. I said, speak, Lord. Thy servant heareth thee. And I have been obedient. I mm -hmm. listened. I followed. I didn't know how I was going to do the things that I set out to do. But I remember a reporter asked Mamie Brown, how did you know you can raise seven children by yourself? You never had children. And she said, I just felt that the Lord will make a way somehow. And I, I say to people, if there's something in your heart that you want to do, live a heart-centered life. Don't listen to your mind. Your mind has been trained to be practical and logical and realistic. And when there's an argument between your mind and your heart, follow your heart. Where your heart is there, your treasure is also. Yes, <laughs> it's so true. And you are a living example of that in everything that you do. You yeah. mentioned legacy. And this thought came up, uh, as you said that, that Mr. Brown doesn't, he is living his legacy, not leaving a legacy, but you're living it, pouring it in to so many. And last night in class, you made a statement. You said that you, you were not going to go out of this world with regrets. And that really spoke to me last night. Uh, my motto or my husband's and my motto together, part of our uh, direction in life is that we will say to each other, no regrets. And so that really hit me when you said that last night. And I think about the legacy that you're living, not just leaving, and that you're living without regrets. There's a lot of people out there, Mr. Brown, that Oh, maybe the legacy they're living, they're regretting, right? Or they're thinking about that which they would be leaving and they're regretting. What What do you have to say to those people out there who they're, they have regrets and they want to get rid of them? What do they do? Commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. Nothing works unless you work. And when you are willing to do the work, it says commit thy works. That's inner work and outer work. Mm -hmm. That's what you're doing. Inner work. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. The reason that most people are not doing the greater work is because they don't know who they are. We're living in a time mm -hmm where technology algorithms know more about us than we know about ourselves because most of us don't take the time to get to know who we are. What Mark Twain said, the two most important days in your life, the day that you're born and the day that you realize why you were born. Yes. And most people don't take the time to know that. Adam, where are you? That was not a location question. He wanted Adam to know, hey, look, you're made in my likeness and image. You've been given authority and dominion over everything on the face of the earth. Where are you? What are you doing with it? And it's a, a question 
that we all have to deal with continuously throughout our lives. Life is a question and how we live our lives is the answer. Oh, can you say that again, that last part? Life is a question and how we live our lives is the answer. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. And no matter where we are in our life, we can make a new decision right there and then and yeah. live it differently. Yes. Yes, we make decisions and our decisions make us. Yes. That is so beautiful. And I see the decisions that you're making all the time and investing and empowering so many of us. I'm one of them. You're here with me today, investing in me and all those that are watching. When you invest in people, you're putting your legacy into them. I'm receiving from the legacy of Mr. Les Brown right now, as is everybody else that is here. And you are truly exemplifying and showing us mirroring for us how to live without regrets and how to do the work. And one more question. You stated, and if there, this was another one of your classes that I was in. Oh, I did a post on it immediately, Mr. Brown. Uh, I was reaching out to people left and right because it was so impactful. You said, tick-tock, tick-tock, the clock is ticking. Do you remember that when you said that? Yes, yes. Life has no duplicate. Tick-tock, tick-tock. Mm -hmm. The clock is ticking. We all have an appointed time to leave here. Nobody's figured out how to get out of life alive. <laughs> Michael Jackson had this big promotion. They spent millions of dollars on marketing. And the theme was, this is it. But it was not the it that he had in mind. I remember when I was married to Gladys Knight and I was the captain of the midnight train to Georgia. <laughs> I'm no longer there now. <laughs> <laughs> but I heard Frank Sinatra say, we're, we're at Caesar's Palace. He said to a young man, live each day as if it were your last. Because one day it will be. And the way I approach my life now, I only put things off for tomorrow that I don't mind dying in me today. Wow. As my mother would say, put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> that is powerful. Well, when you made that statement, I know that the whole class was affected. You were talking about, you were debating as to whether you were, I think you were going to do a live and you were debating as to whether you were going to do a live. And then you heard what you said you felt was the voice of God saying, tick tock, tick tock. You got to yeah. put in it. And then there was a man whose life was saved because of that. He was he was at the end of his rope. And yeah. once again, 
you made a conscious choice to get up and do it even though your body was tired and and everybody would say oh yeah you have a right you have a, you might have a reason but i'll say it this way we might we might have a reason but we don't necessarily have a right and if you had taken your reason and stayed down who knows what would have happened to that young man but because you went live yeah, he said he sat on the side of his bed and he told it the other night on a clubhouse and had a gun to his head and he heard my voice and decided not to pull the trigger. Only God. And only God. And because you chose to listen to the tick, tick, tick and get up. Get up. I heard this voice say, get up and go on. Man. Don't worry, you're not getting paid for it. I've already paid you in full. You're still here. Get <laughs> up. Get your behind up now. Mm -hmm. I gave you a voice. That voice is for me to do my work. Get up. Yes. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> I got up. <laughs> and talk about doing his work. There was a life that was changed. Saved, yes. transformed yes. and now because of technology and the empowerment of using our voice that you've taught us he's on clubhouse and i'm sure many other platforms sharing that story and and empowering and changing and touching the lives of so many all over and it's like dominoes isn't it mr brown it just keeps going and just keeps going yes that's why we have to multiply our voices doing what you're doing we we, we are enrolling other people to share our vision at a time with so much divisiveness and evil and hatefulness evil prevails when good men and women do nothing and and when you do the work that you are supposed to do the greater work and i do the work that i'm supposed to do we're bringing the light and to dispel the darkness we're bringing love god is love and he who dwelleth in love dwelleth in god and god in them and we must be patient and know and trust and know that all things work together for good for those who love god and for those who are called according to his purpose this stuff where we are now this thing that we are going through now has not come to stay. It has come to pass. So true. <laughs> well, before we close up today and finish this broadcast, I want to ask you if there's anything else that you have on your heart that you haven't been able to share. Is there anything that you want to encourage the listeners with before we finish our broadcast today? I would like to say to everyone that's listening, to continue to listen to you. Why? Because what you listen to, you turn into. What you listen to, you turn into. For the first time in the history of the planet, they're using algorithms on various platforms that can literally corrupt our thinking. Hmm manipulating control what believe what we believe what we see and how we conduct ourselves the things that we see now are not happening in a vacuum so keep thine eyes single listen to things that's positive things that build you up things that lift your spirit things that 
help you to develop a hunger for God. <laughs> you do that. You put God first, you'll never come in second. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Well, I am strengthened and encouraged, and I know that everybody else that's watching and listening is as well. Thank you so much for sharing your life with us, your your story with us, your voice with us, and all of your wisdom, because we need it. And I always say this world needs changing, and it's going to happen through world changers. And that is simply you, me, us, as we will step out and do the greater works. So yes. thank you so much for being here today. Remember, you are here on purpose, with a purpose, by design not by default. Keep being the salt and the light everywhere you go. See you next time. You have something special. You have greatness in you. Hello, I'm Les Brown. I'm looking for you if you have a story, if you'd like to become an author and become a part of my compilation book. I'm looking for people who have a story, have experiences that they'd like to share with the world. If that's you, click the link below. People need hope. They need inspiration. And when you're a part of a book that I have done, let me share something with you. That brings credibility, personal endorsement, and allows you to expand your audience. If you're ready to go to the next level, join me, hook up with a brother, and I'll share with you my audience, my credibility, and the techniques and strategies of how to begin to grow yourself, your business, and your cash flow. Hmm, that sounds good to me. Click the link below if you've got a story and you want to put it in a book that's going to make a difference in lives and change people's lives around the world. Click the link below. I'm hungry to have you on my team. You have something special. You have greatness in you. Click the link below now. Bye for now. <laughs>